Hi, everybody. This is Gary Sandy, and thank you very much for listening to the WKRP cast. So just sit right down, relax, open your ears real wide, and say... Weather today in the greater Cincinnati area. Are you awake? Whoa! Are you awake now? But the senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. Say what? Dear God, she's going to kill us all. Welcome to the WKRP cast, a deep dive rewatch podcast, spending time with America's favorite radio station, WKRP in Cincinnati. My name is Alan Stair. And I'm his wife, Donna. This is a week-by-week, episode-by-episode rewatch. We're getting into the trivia, the characters, and the details that have made WKRP one of America's favorite syndicated sitcoms for nearly 40 years. So, fellow babies, don't touch that dial. It's time for the WKRP cast. I'm at WKRP in Cincinnati. And welcome back to the WKRP cast. We have been retooled. Well, we haven't. The show got retooled and they took a hiatus. We're going to get into it. But right now, Donna, let us know what we're talking about this time. We are ready for Mama's Review, aired the 15th of January, 1979. It was directed by Asad Kalada, written by Hugh Wilson, story editors Tom Chihak, Bill Dial, Blake Hunter, and Emily Marshall. All right. Now, from a podcast standpoint, it's only been a week since we talked about Love Returns. Right. For WKRP... It has been two and a half months since Love Returns. It was on November 6th. We have gone now through November, through December, and it is now the middle of, of January. January. Right. So. Hey, Happy New happy Year. Happy New Year. 1979. Welcome to 1979, the Woo! last year of the 70s. Flashback. Where were you? Where, Where was were I you in 1979? I was rocking some red, tough skin jeans from Sears in junior high and oh. looking geeky as can be. <laughs> junior high. You know it, baby. Oh, my goodness. You know it. I was my grade. it was my <laughs> freshman year in college. Oh, you were such a baby. I that makes me sound so much tell older me, than you. Me, oh. Tell me about the old days, dear. Watch so, it. Oh, watch not, not, it. Okay. <sighs> yeah, the second half of my freshman year in college, <laughs> I was right. 18. In 79 in the White House, James Earl Carter, right? Was it President Jimmy Carter? E? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Carter. Just being Jimmy. Oh, it sounded oh. so familiar to be Jimmy. Like your buddy. He was yeah, our just, buddy. Just your buddy. You know, well, I, and then we had Bill uh, right, for Clinton. True. Yeah, but he wasn't Billy, although we did have Billy Carter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what connection I just made there, but all right, let's move on. Um, uh, oh, the hot movie uh, in January of 79. Uh, yeah. Escape from Alcatraz. And this was Clint Eastwood getting yes, out of the was. trash. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, we had some hot hits happening. Remember, right. folks, the United States was in the grip of a fever called disco in 1979. <laughs> and the number one hit in the country uh, was this one. Uh, freak out! <laughs> There you go, number one, January 15th in 1979, Love Freak, Be Chic. 
Oh man! So there's flying your, your freak flag. Definitely. So there's your little freak freak flag flying for the new year. And I did it. like this one uh, by Doctor Hook. I say these things because I'd like to know if you're as lonely as I am, and if you'd mind sharing the night together. Ooh, yeah, sharing the night together. We also had in the age of disco a little Bee Gees. You always have to have a little Bee Gees. Okay, now you. <laughs> You're just going to keep doing Barry Gibb impersonations, aren't you? All right, now we we uh, had a new name show up in that list of story editors. Emily Marshall got added yes. on there. And it makes me want to stop for a minute and talk about the writer's room. Okay. Uh, and Hugh Wilson's writer's room for WKRP was pretty much a boys club. And those names that you see every week that we've started to recognize, Tom Chihak, Bill Dial, Blake Hunter... Those were the story editors, and that is their title according to the Union for Writers, which is the Writers Guild of America. So when you are a story editor, your job is, and this is in the WGA description, I looked it up, you're supposed to ensure continuity, edit for time, make sure that the show comes in at a certain time, make sure the characters are being characterized properly, which makes me wonder where the story editors were on Love Returns, but, but we won't go back to that one. And punch it up. Punch it up. Pitch, lines, jokes, put in those those added little bon mots that are going to make it incredibly memorable, like hitting the ground like bags of wet cement. That's a punch-up line that was added in. And you remember Hugh Wilson said that even though Bill Dial was listed as writer on Turkeys Away, Bill only really had one line in the show. Otherwise, the rest of the show was Hugh Wilson, although Bill Dial's name was right up front there as the writer. Now, this, again, is one of those Writers Guild things. If you get your name listed on a project as writer, you get paid a whole lot more. They've got a schedule of minimums. This is what you make if you're a member of the Writers Guild and you sell a script for a 30-minute or less TV show, you're guaranteed a minimum of right around $17,400. That's the negotiated price, and you get that if you're in the Writers Guild. Now, if you're a story editor, it's a lot less. You're mm -hmm. getting about now, and, and I saw a 2017 schedule for the Writers Guild, you're getting now about $5,400 to be a story editor. Well, the way this worked, you hired a bunch of guys to be your writer's room, and they would always be listed as story editors. So that way, they were getting a paycheck every week. Then they would rotate through the room and give somebody a shot to get that higher writer's check every few weeks. It would come around to somebody new. Well, now we've got this new girl in here, Emily. 
So she was part of this retooling that we have undergone over After the winter. After the two-and-a-half-month hiatus. Right. They told Hugh Wilson, make it funnier. Well, one of the things that they, they wanted to do was bring in Emily Marshall. She's a punch-up person. Okay. We had to know who the new icky girl was in the writer's room, so we right. did a little background on her. What did we find out about Emily? She's very interesting. Um, she was the third wife of Doc Severinsen, and we know him from uh, The Tonight Show. The band with leader. Johnny yeah. Carson. And Emily was a part of the Tonight Show organization, she was Fred DeCordova's secretary. Uh, and if you remember, Freddie DeCordova was the producer of The Tonight Show. So here's Emily working as his secretary right. and an aspiring writer. She handed some jokes to Fred. Johnny used some, and they got laughs. And that's what really launched her writing career. Since then, she's written for several sitcoms, including Laverne and Shirley. And Rhoda. That's Emily Marshall, our new addition to the writer's room. And she is here through the rest of this season. We're going to see her in every episode from now on. In this episode... Episode Mama's Review, there is no Johnny Fever, no Herb, no less. You see them in clips that they're going to show. They're doing 14 minutes of new material, but this new material only includes Art, Andy, Jennifer, and Mama. Mama. And a new Mama. A new Mama, right. We get a little short, we get like 10 seconds with my babe Bailey. Um, now, wait a minute. Well, what, what, your she, babe, my, Bailey? My sweetie, Bailey. No, my honey not, child, Bailey. Okay, enough. All enough. Right, all right. Let's go on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we were on hiatus. Uh, our last episode uh, was November 6th, Love Returns. CBS put out this word that WKRP is on hiatus and did not give them a firm return to air date. If you can imagine walking out after mm -hmm. Love Returns and being told, oh, you're on hiatus and we'll see about bringing you back and next year. the cast even thought, hey, we might be canceled. They did. People were writing into CBS saying, where's WKRP? A lot of DJs were writing into CBS wondering what had happened and a lot of fans thought the show was canceled. So CBS wanted this to be retooled. They wanted to make the show funnier. I don't know what they thought. I mean, hey, Hugh, Hugh Wilson, he never thought it needed to be funnier. So he did very little in the way of retooling. And actually, he said that they had scripts written, sitting there, waiting to be produced right. at the time when they were put on hiatus. He believed so strongly in those scripts he didn't do a thing to them except change Changed the dates. The dates. <laughs> <laughs> so they went in and went, hey, we got these new scripts. Check them out. What do you think? So Now, one of his big concessions was this show, Mama's Review. It is rare that a sitcom does a clip show in the first season. You don't have enough stuff to clip, really, is a problem. Uh, now, what is going on here? is CBS wanted to introduce WKRP to an entirely new audience, the audience that is built in by MASH. This is coming on right after MASH, so they wanted to catch the people at the end of MASH before they had time to leave. Yeah. And hopefully if they caught them and they started watching, well, they missed all the episodes before. So they're trying to catch them up on the show so they'd know what was happening. And you got to think about this. They've missed Dell. They've missed Hyman Monroe. Oh. 
They've missed turkeys hitting the grounds like bags of wet cement. They've missed so much funny stuff that CBS said, we really have to show people this is a funny show. This would be a great way to get it off to a running start, show them all these great pieces of what has come before, and then lock them in for the rest of the season. So that was the plan. Now, we decided, since ratings have become such a big deal to the life of WKRP, and we're also going to talk about what it meant to watch TV back at this time, but we're looking at just this one night, what was going on when WKRP came on the air on January 15th of 1979. So we checked in with Michael Hernandez, the accountant of rock, to give us a rundown, and Mike is building an incredible schedule of all of the air dates of WKRP and what was on around them, what was on on every other network. What was their competition? What, what was were they their going lead up, up against? What right. were they going up against? So we've got that night in the 8 o'clock hour on CBS. There was a one-off showing of the Tim Conway show. And that was a sketch comedy show that was going to wind up on the schedule that next mm-hmm. fall. So it didn't have a built-in audience. It didn't do very well. It was outside of the top 30. So not a great lead-in at 8 o'clock clock with, you know, MASH coming up at 9, then KRP is going to be on at 9.30. On ABC at 8, we had Mork and Mindy, a pilot repeat. So again, not anything real strong there. No, 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 no. No, 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 And then on NBC, Little House on the Prairie, and it was the episode Blind Man's Bluff. Now, you'd have tuned in Blind Man's Bluff, and then you'd have turned over to MASH, wouldn't you? Probably, yeah. yeah. You'd be yeah, a Little House fan. Because I was a Little House fan. So, and the Little House episode finished 21 for the week. Now, we get to that 9 o'clock hour. Here comes MASH on CBS. MASH is going to finish this week at number nine. So in the top 10, huge Mm -hmm. hit. On ABC, uh, it was a series called How the West Was Won. And if you don't remember it, don't worry about it. It was an hour. (laughs) It was not strong. And then on NBC was Monday night at the movies. They were running the movie Charleston. It was two hours. So again, it's competition to, to KRP. Also not strong competition. Now we move to 930 after MASH. And on CBS, we have WKRP, Mama's, Mama's Review. Review. Yeah, it finished number 16 for the week, and it was the highest in show history. So obviously, this position behind MASH is going to be something cool. Now, So leave them there. Yeah, well, for the rest of this season, this means that WKRP is always going to place in the top half of the ratings, and they're usually going to finish in the top 20. You know how in a Disney animal movie and the animal you know is having a horrible travels and travails but there's always the one point where they find that house where everybody treats them well and they've got food and a warm place to sleep and you think stay there stay there this is good for you (laughs) if only wkrp could have stayed here behind mash but That's not going to happen. So let's get on into the scene. We're doing a clip show. Only about half of it is new, but we're going to do a clip show, too, because we found some new stuff about the old stuff. We start out in uh, Carlson's office, and Andy and Mr. Carlson are waiting for Mama to come for her quarterly review. And during this scene, we find out that Mr. Carlson has been manager of KRP since 1955. So that would be 23 years. Yeah. So if we're putting this, uh, you know, at actual time of air is also real time chronologically, he's been 23, 24 years at the helm. Now, Andy got dressed up for this yeah, meeting. He yeah. put on a jacket. He's got a shirt kind of buttoned up. Well, it's, Not yeah, completely, it's... but it's covering more than he usually does. <laughs> and he's wearing a chain, a little gold yeah. necklace chain around Classy. his neck. 
So (laughs) they're getting very nervous. Carlson's like, anytime mama shows up, by the time she leaves, uh, there have been budget cuts. People have been fired. And he is a nervous wreck. And you know something fun that they pointed out with this? Right when they come up on the fade up, he's tapping a pencil. Which right. he's done that in the past. We've seen him do that with the pencil. It's when he gets nervous. We found out where that came from. Mama does that. So she does right. it a little later. We're going to see it. Uh, so Jennifer steps in. And just to set up what you knew, you knew this joke was coming. She asks how Art wants her to handle Mama when she arrives. Do you want me to send her in? And he says, no, just tell her to... To cool her heels. Have her have a seat. Yeah, you know what does not happen with a strong woman like <laughs> right. Lillian Carlson? <laughs> she does not wait for anybody. No. When she walks in and it's a new mama. Here comes mama. Carol Bruce is Carol playing mama. Bruce. And when she walks in, this is the first time she is now replacing Sylvia Sidney. But in the true tradition of Darren on Bewitched, nobody says a word <laughs> that this is an entirely new person playing this right. part. It's been eight full episodes of new content. It has been two and a half months off the air. Nobody remembered the other mama. It was no right. big deal. And Carol Bruce, she's taller and she's got a, more of a presence. Presence, yes. Thank she's you. She's harder. She's but she's got the sharp face. You know what? My sense features of, and my sense about her as Mama Carlson. She is just so much cooler. Carol Bruce is a woman that feels like she can look down on all things from this mount on high where she is the queen of right. all she surveys. <laughs> yes. Nothing riles her. Nothing upsets her. She wants what she wants, and she's going to get it, and you'd better not get in her and way. she delivers her lines so wonderfully. Coolly. She's very Coolly. cool. She's controlled. Now, now Sylvia Sidney just seemed mad. It was kind of agitating to be in the room with her. She was just upset. Yeah. Carol Bruce is cool. She's in control. Yeah. Carol Bruce, I wanted to bring up, she was born in 1919, which makes her only 12 and a half years older than Gordon Jump. Yeah. And she's playing as mom. But at the, so at the time of this shooting, she's 60 years old. And I thought she looked much older than 60. Yeah, yeah. and she is a woman who has come up through the entertainment industry at a time when being a female in entertainment was tough enough, and she had quite a career. She began as a singer uh, in Montreal nightclubs back in the late 30s and then moved to Broadway. And she became a movie star in the golden age with uh, movies Keep Em Flyin' in 1941, Behind the Eight Ball, 1942. And I saw some pictures of her, and she was beautiful. Jump ahead, 45 years, still working, still getting it done in planes, trains, and automobiles in 1987. That's right. And in between there, she picked up a little fun stint for about three years on WKRP. So (laughs) glad to have her. Some of her other cool stuff that happened in her early career, though, she sang... At Franklin Roosevelt's birthday ball in 1942. So echoes of... When he was president. When he was president. So echoes of Marilyn and her singing to JFK on his birthday. That's how big a star Carol Bruce was at that time. And not only that, uh, she was on the cover of Life magazine in 1940 while in the show Louisiana Purchase, which was written especially for her 
by Irving Berlin. That's a big name, Irving Berlin. Yes, this is that Irving Berlin, the man who wrote Putting on the Ritz. Come, let's mix where Rockefellers walk with sticks or umbrellas in their midst. Putting on the Ritz. Cheek to Cheek, Alexander's Ragtime Band. And the grand poobah of all hit singles ever, White Christmas, written by Irving Berlin. When Irving Berlin writes something for you... Not just a song, an entire show. Wow. This is Carol Bruce. Arthur is expecting me. Yes, and he asked if you'd please have a seat and he'll be with you momentarily. Thank you, Jennifer. My pleasure. (laughs) Mr. Carlson? Your mother is here. <laughs> what we just witnessed here with... Uh, with Mama showing up, Mama them waiting making in her the arrival, office. And Jennifer picks up the phone and calls into Art and says, Art, your mother's here. And we go right into, boom, the theme song. What we, right. what we had just seen there is brand new for WKRP and also a part of this retooling. That was called a cold open. Because we haven't seen any of the credits or anything yet. Nope. They just started in with that scene. What was the reason well, for this cold open? This right. is to grab your attention and keep you there from the previous show. Cold opens used to be used primarily in soap operas. And one of the very first cold opens ever used in primetime happened in the late 1950s on a show called 77 Sunset Strip. So they've been around for a while. Now, the CBS guys were wanting to catch that audience coming out of MASH before they had time to grab the dial and look around and find how the West was won and decide they were going to watch the last half of that. So they put this cold open up here, and it keeps you there coming out of MASH. That was the whole reason for it. You don't start on that opening scene because that doesn't tell anybody's story. It doesn't drag them in and try to keep them for the rest of the episode. Why would you have to do this? Well, it's because of the way we used to watch TV. Watching TV in 1978, and if you're under 40, this is going to be like my parents explaining to me a time before indoor plumbing. There there was a time where we could not program every second of our lives. We were at the mercy of three networks, and they put on programming that just ran all the time. Whenever you turned on the box, there was something there. But whatever was there was what you had to watch. You had no DVR. You didn't have a video store to go to. Mm -hmm. There was no such thing. If you missed it, you missed it. You had to be there at the top of the hour if it started at the top of the hour. There was no pausing live television. All of that we've gotten so used to was not available. And you had these three networks that were battling it out. For 21 hours every week, it was what was called prime time. And that's what happened 8 to 11 Eastern, 7 to 10 Central, seven nights a week. Those three hours every night, all three networks were battling for your attention. So that's why you wind up with something like a cold open, is to hold those people over. You don't want them going somewhere else. And if they, if you get up and go into the kitchen to do the dishes, you've missed the first act and you've lost out on the show and there's no way to get it back. So they want to keep you right there. Now is when they play the opening and the theme song. And the video begins on the fountain and goes from there. So we don't get to see the VW bugs. I always like watching those little Volkswagens. Well, and also the funny lines with the guy changing the radio. We don't have the senator explaining his nudity anymore. But they picked up 15 seconds by cutting this in later. All right. Hey, since this is a clip show, let's flashback. Let's just go ahead and let's just play that open. Just up to where the... 
Weather today in the greater Cincinnati area. They're solid plastic, so don't settle for imitation. But the senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. And if you take a look as those uh, credits are rolling, as that new uh, theme song is playing in there, we've got a new logo. Oh, it's not a new logo. It's just a new color. New the, the new one is white. The old yeah, one was, it was blue. blue. Before the hiatus, text that ran during the theme song was blue and text over the scenes was white. Now all the text is white. Whatever the blue theme was happening there, they've gotten rid of it. They used to have Gordon Jump's name in blue and Gary Sandy's name in blue. All that's in white. This is part of the retooling. Somebody sat around in meetings and said, you know, we ought to change that text color. We're in Carlson's office. Mama, of course, came in. She went straight into the office. So now here's Mama sitting at Carlson's desk. And she wants a full accounting of things since the format changed. And, and she sits down and what she's laying the groundwork for sounds like a three-hour meeting. And then she says, you've got 20 minutes. <laughs> so it's been four months since Andy took over September 15th. Now it's January 15th, and she wants to know what has been going on. And she even says she uh, is there with an open and unprejudiced mind. Yeah, but I don't think she's really telling the truth there. What the hell kind of nonsense is going on down here? That sounds prejudiced to me. I, I don't know. <laughs> sounds like she's come in with a negative attitude. Kind of got a negative attitude, Mama. First thing she jumps on, of course, is one of the greatest scenes of the first part of the first uh, season. Johnny making the switch to rock and roll from beautiful music. And, of course, they play that clip because why wouldn't you play that clip over and over and over every chance you got? Right, Actually, and this is from Pilot Part 1. What do you say? Let's play that clip. Okay. <laughs> All right, Cincinnati, it is time for this town to get down. You got Johnny. Dr. Johnny Fever, and I am burning up in here. What? We all in critical condition, babies. But you can tell me where it hurts. Because I got the healing prescription here from the big KRP musical medicine cabinet. Now, I am talking about your 50,000-watt intensive care unit, babies. So just sit right down, relax, open your ears real wide, and say, give it to me straight, doctor. I can take it. And you remember, Andy said, okay, go ahead. You can say the word booger. Right. He had permission. And now Mama's jumping on him. And Mama, I like the way she says it. Booger. (laughs) Booger. Andy is quite proud. This is like talking about a toddler. He has not said it since. Yeah, we're all very proud of that. Mama's wanting to know, what does the audience think about the change? And uh, Art's lying a little bit. He's trying to cover it up. He said they were so excited about it, they came down to the station. He said they were very enthusiastic. Yeah, yeah, well, that's when, uh, if you remember in Pilot Part 2, we had Buzzy and Mrs. Burston going in and beating up Johnny's turntables. Right. Art 
kind of uh, expounded a little bit without thinking. Listen, it's not easy having a bunch of old coots running around your station, and no offense. Present company accepted. Uh, yes, Mama wasn't very happy with that comment. Mama's really only 60, so old coots is not applying to her. So Jennifer steps in to say she's leaving for lunch. Mama grabs her real fast and says, Jennifer, who answers the phone while you're gone? Usually I just leave it off the hook. And Mama says, do you really think that's wise? I don't know. It was Mr. Carlson's idea. <laughs> Bye. I'm off to lunch. She leaves. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it comes up. Art won't admit it, but Mama knows that Jennifer is making 24 G's a year. She says this at the meeting, and Andy is shocked. I love Andy's reaction. Good God. <laughs> so we checked, and $24,000 in 1979 would be $86,000 in 2020 money. To be answering phones at the front desk. That's it, because Whoa. as we all know, she doesn't get coffee. No. She doesn't take dictation. No. No, she We is... agreed. I don't get coffee, Mr. Carlson. We agreed. <laughs> I would like that job, please. I'll all take right. that. Hugh Wilson wrote this. Hugh's listed as the writer up top. And Hugh is all over this. I see Hugh in all of these lines. And when Mama says what does Jennifer do to earn that money? Art's response is classic Hugh. No, nothing. I, I swear. The double entendre. Right. She's, she's not doing anything untoward, which is I what swear, Art immediately thinks, because when anybody sees Jennifer, he knows that's what they think is going on, and it's not. And that's Hugh, and that's what we look for in WKRP that wasn't there last time. All right, I'll shut up about everything. <laughs> and Carlson, he insists that he would be lost without Jennifer. Yes, he would. He definitely would. But it's hard to quantify and define what Jennifer is bringing to the party. She's vital, but it's hard to say she does this, this, and this. It really right. is difficult. You can't really list it. So Mama asks who else he'd be lost without, and he mentions Les Nessman. And they show a clip from Les on the ledge. Good morning. This is Les Nessman reporting. <laughs> In the top story of the day, General Wallace Nassami, head of the emerging nation of Nibia, denied his new government was a dictatorship and promised free elections as soon as each citizen of the small country learned to play a musical instrument. <laughs> Nassami said this was part of a new cultural program. And since this is a clip show, we decided we're going to go back and pick up some new goodies out of the clips. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't really get into Les's news report last time. Right. So. Well, and, but first, before he does that, you notice that Johnny's uh, holding a Grateful Dead album oh, in yeah. his hand. Yeah, I just... It, it in was this a, clip. We missed that the first time. Just a quick little... It was actually the Grateful Dead logo on the inner sleeve as he put it in. So he had a Dead album in his hand. Yeah, but in Les's news report, Les mentions Nibia. The nation of Nibia. Nibia sounds like it could possibly be a real country, but as far as we can tell, it is not. Although the fictional country of Nibia appeared in 1995's movie Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. So what, Jim Carrey stole from Les? Yeah, we're wondering uh, if, if Jim Carrey was watching old, w, <laughs> old WKRPs. Turning to sports. <laughs> This week's Gulf Coast Golf Classic was Chai Chai Rotraguiz. <laughs> Chai Chai finished with a nine under par score. Also, we did not give uh, Chai Chai any love during Less on a Ledge. So we have a bit more about Mr. Rodriguez. Right. 
Chi-Chi Rodriguez was one of the smallest golfers of his era. He was five foot seven and weighed 130 pounds. And he had an amazing swing that even at that height and weight, he could get off quite the drive. He yes. was an amazing driver. And when he was born in 1935, he was named Juan. He acquired the nickname of Chi-Chi after a Puerto Rican baseball player, Chi-Chi Flores. And he began as a caddy. He uh, would work as a caddy and get permission to practice in the off hours. So he was hitting a lot of golf balls, and it showed. He began breaking records by the age of 16. And he won the PGA Tour eight total times between 1963 and 1979. His weakness always on the course was putting, and we did look it up, the event that Les reports on. It's fictional. Chi-Chi did not have any major wins in 1978. Hopefully, Mr. Rodriguez will play up to <laughs> Carlson defends Les by talking about the Buckeye News Hawk Award. Mama, he has won the Buckeye News Hawk Award two years in a row. Now, I know Les is a Buckeye News Hawk Award winner five total times. Yes, it says that in his intro yes, that he had made. But I didn't realize he had been a back to back winner. Obviously, those other three were not in a row. And Mama says, What the hell is the Buckeye News Hawk Award. Andy kind of haltingly admits to what that is. Uh, it is given for the best news story uh, specifically dealing with or related to tap root vegetable production in the tri-state area and in certain parts of northern West Virginia. Okay, so I did not know what a taproot vegetable was. I did because I took home ec yeah, you, in you, junior I, high. Okay, so I looked up <laughs> taproot vegetables and I'm getting, I'm finding out all kinds of cool stuff about taproot vegetables. And I went downstairs and I said, "Do you know what a taproot vegetable is?" She named like five of them: yeah, so, carrots, potatoes, turnips, yeah. onions. If it grows as a root and we eat it, it's a taproot vegetable. And Love this. There is a long tradition of taproot vegetable growing in northern West Virginia. So there is a connection there. He did yes. a little bit of homework. It is truly an, an award that would most likely be applicable in that region. If um, he re if there really was an award. Yeah, right. if there was, there really is taproot growth, and they use a centuries-old growing technique called high tunnels. So, as usual, WKRP grabbing humor out of mm -hmm. reality. Now, as I have done my reporting on this, I would like my own Buckeye News Hawk Award for that report, <laughs> if I could, please. Mama then asks about Venus, the new guy. What about that new nighttime man, Venus of Flypaper? Uh, she's having a little trouble with his name there, yeah. <laughs> and we get a new clip of Venus. Check this out. It's the hour of darkness, children. This is Venus. Orbit high above the celestial city of Cincinnati. My sole purpose in life is to brighten, tighten, and enlighten your starlight hours. So get the funk out your minds and open up your souls to the cosmos. I bring you sweet vibrations, applause, and the sacred art of music. Be still, my children, and know that there is no understanding, only love. And a nice set of wheels. <laughs> In it, he's playing the song Is That Enough by Marvin Gaye. Uh, and we also see a new gong. We've seen oh, Venus's yeah. gong before, yeah. but not this one. So this one has a big yin-yang on it, which is an ancient Chinese philosophy, meaning dark, light, negative, positive. 
It's describing how seemingly opposite or contrary forces may actually be complementary. And they're interconnected, interdependent in the natural world, and also how they may give rise to each other as they interrelate to one another. Now, if you're not picturing what we're talking about, this is this thing that looks like two amoeba, a black one and a white one in a circle, kind of intertwined uh, together they look like with a two little sperm. dot. Or, yeah, two, two little sperm in there, <laughs> some, some kind of thing in there all together in a circle. It's that one. If you Or tadpoles and, or whatever. And also it is... Yin, Y-I-N, Yang, Y-A-N-G. Y-A-N-G. I know I say yin-yang all the time. I know I say yin-yang, but it is yin-yang. 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 All right, so next up on the review is Johnny. <laughs> and Mama even calls him an old reprobate. <laughs> she is shocked that he has stayed there, that he hasn't been fired yet. This is the longest stint he's had at a radio station. This must be the only station in America that has yet to fire him. Art steps to his defense. She's, he's all for Johnny, although... Usually, Art is kind of putting his head in his hands when it comes to things surrounding Johnny. Yeah, but he's sticking up for all of his employees here. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. really standing up for them. He definitely is. And he says he's a good man. And that kind of causes Mama to raise an eyebrow, and mm-hmm. it causes her to remark, He's a man, Arthur, as are all the rest of the employees here. Aside from Jennifer, isn't it all men around here? And that's when we know we're going to get another Art Doesn't Know Bailey is a woman joke. Right, because Andy jumps in and he goes, yeah, yeah, we've got another woman. Because he knows Carlson's probably not going to remember Bailey quarters. Yeah, and he's trying to set the table for him. He's really trying to get Art queued up on Bailey so that he's aware of who Bailey is and it's not working. Right. Uh, Oh, and also, just, just real quickly... Something we noticed here, and it gets more pronounced. And now we, that I know about it, now that we've talked about it. We both started getting more, is Andy's close talking? Yes. Every time Andy wants to make a point with Mama, he gets in really close, beyond the whole personal space boundary thing. You're in my bubble. Makes you, me Andy, a little nervous when he's that close. So right. Whenever he's he, really in there. And he's taking up for Bailey or explaining to her Mama who Bailey is, and he's really close to her talking about it. And of course, as soon as we bring up Bailey... Yes? Uh, I, I hate to interrupt, but um, Andy, you've got to sign some invoices before lunch. Ah, well, no problem. Okay. Hi, Mr. Carlson. Hi. And before she leaves, she says, oh, hi, Mr. Carlson, and then she leaves. <laughs> Who is that? Now, she does have... A very different hairstyle. It is pretty complicated. It looks like she's going to prom. It's curly and it's hanging down, very feminine looking. A lot of work went on in Usually that hair. Usually she has it pulled back. Yeah. She does have a new hairstyle. Well, of course, we get our... She, she must be doing something different to her hair. <laughs> yeah, and so then Mama says, well, what about Herb? Does Herb chase after Bailey as much as he does Jennifer? No, just Jennifer. Well, then they show the clip where Johnny tells Herb that Jennifer had a sex change. Yeah, and you know what I found kind of amazing about this as a selection of the clip? That's the one that we talked about and we were so amazed, you know, the the time that Herb takes to react. With that 11 seconds of silence. 20, 21 20, seconds. 21 seconds. 21 seconds, seconds oh of goodness, silence, I forgot it was and they did it again in this episode. So but I, it's worth it. Oh, it is. Testament to the incredible acting ability of Mr. Frank Bonner and not that guy that was in the last episode. And I promised I wouldn't Quit mention Love Returns again. I'm episode. sorry. So she says, so why hasn't Herb been fired? Arthur, 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 why didn't you fire Herb years ago? Miss Carlson, firing Herb wouldn't solve anything. I know that, Mr. Travis. 
I think the problem is much higher up than that. And Art responds with, How, how, how high? <laughs> I love the way his voice cracks. He gets a big laugh out of two words. Two words. <laughs> he turns into a laugh because that is Gordon Jones. Right. He's and that, a, just the way he delivered them, he knew how to deliver them just right. And he's a genius. He just, he, he knows what to do to, to bring out that laugh. And then we right. get the, the pencil, pencil tapping. tapping. We see them tapping their pencils together. <laughs> a mother son moment. All right, so then Mama moves into a sensitive area. Let's talk dollars. Mm, how are the profits of the station now? Yeah, especially after that format change. And Art, I love this. How did our advertising clients react to the change in format? Uh, oh, they, they all uh, left. They're gone. But we're getting new ones, Andy. And that's <laughs> the thing Andy's been preaching since day one. We're going to lose clients. But we got new ones coming in. Oh, for instance, the uh, Mighty Mellow Cigarette Rolling Paper account. Which, like you said, I'm sure those play, those ads play a lot when Johnny's yeah, on the air. Yeah, <laughs> those Dr. are. Fever's on the air. I think Johnny might be voicing those commercials because, <laughs> you know, nobody's rolling cigarettes with those things. Also, this is a huge, huge part of WKRP, and this is our very first introduction to Red, Red Wigglers. Red Wigglers, the Cadillac of Worms. We're hooked. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna have nice many jingle. more, many more Red Wiggler encounters in the future. Because so. we're hooked. We are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. but Mama, we made money with Scum of the Earth concerts. Well, but he did not admit to the name. No, he just said what that rock. Yeah, concert. the name of the orchestra was not brought up until Mama asked specifically. Right, Scum <laughs> of the Earth. Well, they were very big in England, Mother. Scum of the earth. She's thrilled with that. Why one. no scum clips? I don't know. And you know, as much as we enjoyed that episode, and that was our episode, we had uh, Michael DeBar with us. Yes, and, and no scum clips. So I think we should just run a scum clip. What do you think? You want to do a scum clip? I think so. Let's do a scum clip. Hello, we're the scum of the earth. <laughs> no. Yes. Huh? Hi. Mm. Listen, Dr. Fever, this is marvelous. These guys are wonderful coats and ties. The whole... <laughs> Welcome aboard, fellas. Thank you very much, sir. Are you sure you're scum? Positive. Well, of course they are. Where is Mr. Peavy? Uh, he got out of the car. That's actually the last we saw of him, I think. Was the car moving when he got out? <laughs> yes, I, I believe it was. <laughs> uh, why would he do a thing like that? We don't know. But that's our story, and we're sticking to it. <laughs> yeah, these are the guys. All right, you got to have a little scum. That was a must. Got to have some scum, baby. All right, so they uh, also mentioned the remote down at Dell's. <laughs> <laughs> and they did a really good job. I, I thought that was some really delicate territory to be going into, but uh, they brought it up very proudly. <laughs> And, of course, the clip that they show was Bobby Boogie pulling a gun on Dell. Yes, and uh, Mama is very adamant about them looking at the bottom line on that remote. And uh, uh, We're going to have to look that up. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then Art tells us. And if Mr. Murdoch were still in business, he'd, he'd tell you what a good job we did for him. <laughs> yeah, Dell's no longer in business. And I'm wondering what Dell's doing now. I'm really curious where Dell is. I want to go find Dell, see what he's up to. So. <laughs> And then we get to the on her spreadsheet. It is the 
Thanksgiving promotion. In our world, it's turkeys away and one of the funniest 25 minutes ever put on TV. But she's just looking at the bills. She Yes, she wants to know where these bills came from and, and how did why. that happen? Obviously, Mama not tuned in or she missed something when it came to the Thanksgiving promotion. you know it had to be on the news. It uh, had to be I on the so. news. I think so. In the papers, <laughs> on TV, be- on other radio stations. Because... We just tuned in. The Pinedale Shopping Mall has just been bombed with live turkey. <laughs> Film at 11. <laughs> so she brings up, okay, we had a bill for six automobile windshields, one plate glass window from a pizzeria. Okay, now in my count, that's seven birds. And and several medical bills. So maybe two or three others. And I bet there was some flying glass from some of those windshields. And maybe somebody in a car. But I love Art's, Art's response to the medical bills. Uh, yeah, Mom, but there, you see nothing major. Those people were in out of the hospital just like that. <laughs> what happened? In and out, in and out. Now, they show us a clip. Uh, and, I mean, we spent so much time with Les and that we don't, we don't need to run another clip of that. But something we noticed, they cut it down just a little bit. They didn't show the entire clip of him now, giving that news report in front of the shoe store. You got the you got the sense of it. You got oh my god, they're turkeys, which that's that's what you need for that clip. And that that was and they're there. hitting they're hitting the, like the ground like yeah. some yeah. And then they cut him off. He went dead um, earlier than in the original clip. Right, right. And then now Mama asks Arthur, "Did you really think turkeys could fly?" And then Art uses a line that we believe originally appeared as the final line of Turkeys Away. We've seen a couple of different, what are photocopies of photocopies of the final script page. And on it was, they have wings, you know, after As God is My Witness. So they couldn't let it go completely. Thankfully, they did cut it out of Turkeys Away. It right. was not in there. That would have been too much. The The final 10 words was enough. But it's a good line. So... We get it here. Well, they have wings, you know. <laughs> but for some reason, they, they don't use them. And then they added, but for some reason, they don't seem to use them. And, and I I think that was funny. Yeah, that's fun. That's fun. But it would have been too much. But not for the turkeys away. Right. Yeah, it would have been too much at the end of turkeys away. So I think it was a nice move there. But they still get to use some of that. You mean to tell me you thought turkeys could fly? So Mama tells Travis, He says she says, Mr. Travis, KRP seems to be in more trouble today than it was before you arrived. Well, and Andy kind of takes responsibility for that. He says it yeah, I guess looks, it looks that, that way. way. Right. But then Art jumps Here comes in. Carlson again. Go Carlson. Before he came here, we were just going through the motions around here. But now, now everybody cares. We feel like we're doing something. Now we're like a family. We care. Art, he really stands up to Mama. Art stands up. To mama. It surprises all of us, and it surprises Mama, too. It's the power of rock and roll. <laughs> but then Art says something that I I don't know. He tells her he can get a job just somewhere else if he needs to. And then he almost kind of swears at her. And if that's not good enough for you, then you get somebody else to run your blinking station. He's gone. He opens the door, and before he leaves... Where are you going? I'm over 40. Where I go is none of your beeswax. <laughs> and your 20 minutes, they're up. Slams the door, goodbye. You got to think, that's like dropping a nuclear warhead. And what's Mama's response? A smile and... Perfect. Which just kind of dumbfounds Andy. Yeah. And, and also it kind of sets him off, too. That man prepared for this meeting for a week. 
And you sat there and you mowed him down like he was six years old. All right, now we've got Andy alone in the office with With Mama. Mama. Andy could very easily stab Art in the back right here and say, oh, you're right. He you ought to be out of here. There's nothing to that. You know, he could have really done that. But he sticks up for Art as much as Art stuck up for him. He's he in there fighting for Art. And there's a lot of camaraderie there and a lot of... Uh, Loyalty? Loyalty. That's the word. Ha! Why couldn't I come up with that word? Ding, 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 ding. So instead of taking this chance to get in tight with Mama, Andy actually has a lot of loyalty for Art, and he really sticks up for him, and he really gets in Mama's face, which is maybe a little bit scary. That's kind of like getting in a pit bull's face. (laughs) Mama has a little bit, she had a little bit of a smile on her face after Arthur left, because she she was kind of proud. This was a proud moment for her as a mother. And you know, it's when you say a little bit of a smile, it was so subtle, but Very you slight. knew you knew what her attitude was. Right. You, you got it from there, but she doesn't give much away. And Mama tells Andy... I'm a very smart woman. I own and operate a multitude of highly successful businesses. All good for you. But I am a rotten mother. She even says that word rotten. Now, I get the sense, I, I have always gotten the sense that Mama Carlson considers Jennifer a peer. Jennifer is another strong woman in business that just doesn't take anything off men. But I also get the sense that Mama is kind of allying herself with Andy. She senses that Andy is a good manager and somebody that has Arthur's best interests at heart and the best interests of the station at heart. I think she's getting this feeling from Andy. He's not just there for a paycheck. He's there because he cares. So she is putting some faith in him. Right before she leaves, she asks Andy to take care of her boy. And it's here where I saw she was holding onto her purse with her left hand. And I said, oh, my gosh, look how long her thumb is. <laughs> she has such long fingers, but it is like her an, thumb is long. It's like an her, index finger. Her thumb is like a pointer finger. Yeah. But it's her thumb. It's so long. It just really struck me. Yeah. So, <laughs> then, so then Andy, uh, Andy asks her, you know, what the, what the future holds. Well, if the ratings aren't up by the next survey, you're all lunch and meat. <laughs> Thanks. Just business, nothing personal. So, you know, mama's, mama's still mama. Mama's still mama. Right. She she showed a little bit of softness to Andy, but boom, she she didn't last long with that. Goodbye, Mr. Travis. My 20 minutes, they're up. As mama leaves, she heads out. Now Andy's alone in Art's office. He straightens up Art's desk, uh, squares, the, chair, squares the chair behind it, and then he Kind of pats out. it on the back and, and leaves. Yeah, so he heads out. Now, something odd happening in the closing credits. They forgot Lonnie Anderson. Yeah, normally, how could they forget that? Normally, Lonnie is at the top of that. Then it'll say, also starring on Co-starring. her board, Lonnie Anderson, and then Richard Sanders on, on down the row. And then Howard Hessman always gets the and Howard Hessman as Johnny Fever. No Lonnie Anderson listed in this credit. Yeah, and was that an oops, or did they mean to? Don't know. And, and she appeared not only in clips. I mean, the other guys were only in clips. She was actually there really live. She really did new material for this and uh-huh. got no credit. Oh, hey, we want to point something out. If you're watching along with us on the Shout Factory Dis, this episode was the first one on the second DVD. So we are finishing up the first DVD. We're just starting the second one. Now, we try not to look ahead, but I couldn't help it. I looked down through the title listing, and wow, do we have some amazing episodes coming up on this disc. We cannot wait. If you do not have your Shout Factory Dis yet, make sure to check our show notes. So, Donna... 
What is up for next oh, week? It's a good one. A date with Jennifer. Oh, yeah. And it's not Herb going out with her either, but you knew that. <laughs> Hey, that's going to do it for this episode of the WKRP Cast. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, if you want to watch along, all you have to do is check our show notes for viewing details. Got a question, comment, or correction? Know any cool backstage details about the show? Let us know about it. Write us WKRPCast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening to the WKRP Cast. And make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. May the good news be yours. WKRP cast is not endorsed by MTM Enterprises, Shout Factory, or CBS. This podcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. WKRP in Cincinnati, the WKRP logo, and all names, pictures, and audio of WKRP in Cincinnati characters are registered trademarks of MTM, CBS, Shout Factory, or their respective copyright holders. Almost forgot, fellow babies. Booger! <laughs> 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 <laughs>